0: Welcome to On The Line, a podcast for tennis players, coaches, and fans. I'm your host, Jenny Robb. Today on the line, we have a special treat. We have Lane Evans, um, the uh, president of USPTA Southern Division. Um, He's also a master tennis performance specialist through the ITPA, the International Tennis Performance um, Association, and um, the director of tennis and wellness at Champion Hills in Henderson- north carolina and i could go on and on with the certifications we're going to get into that a little bit later but but lane thank you so much for for taking time to be on the show
1: thanks thanks for having me jimmy i appreciate it great <laughs> no. opportunity
0: oh thank you so much so so your you your most recent certification is with Titleist. is that right yes
1: uh i went to orlando During the World Golf Show, and I went through uh, the TPI Level One certification for golf fitness. Um, That that process is can be done by a golf professional. It has to be done by a TPI certified uh, individual, but it can be done by a a fitness professional or a golf professional. And it's um, it's a 16 point screen, physical screen of golfers, and from the results of the screens they are assigned um, fitness protocols, training protocols. And so okay. the way that we do it at our club is that our golf pro or myself can do the screens, and then I will sure. take the the, um, the individual through the entire fitness portion of, of the process. So they'll have 15, 16 different exercises they can do to help their uh, physicality from the standpoint of, of golf mm-hmm. mechanics and strength so it's
0: that is so cool yeah it's kind of interesting
1: wow. the the way that the way that it works um, I also went through the performance Institute level 2 fitness uh, certification recently as well so mm-hmm
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm
0: so so how how does that compare? Right. I don't know we're just gonna kind of jump into the some of the meat of it here, but yeah so you, you've done you've done so many certifications I mean you also have a senior fitness certification and um you're an elite professional with the u s p t a um i mean I, I know I'm missing like fifty things but so so I'm very interested, and I think you know our listeners would like to hear you know your thoughts on you know, how does education across these different, um, industries that you're involved in? What, what is that, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, you know, 11 years ago, I wandered on the grounds of, um, of Champion Hills and just sort of asked him if I could teach a little tennis up there. And, <laughs> and today okay. we have a brand new fitness center and we had Probably less than a half dozen players when I got there, I now we have over a hundred. And we're wow. uh, we're we're trying to run twelve USTA league teams out of two courts, which is nearly wow. impossible to do. But uh, take some creativity. Wow. But to, to, yes, to answer your to answer your question, you know, uh, just a a bit you know, a learner. I, I learned not only from certification. But I learned from you know, individuals all over the country. I'm able to travel around and, and speak to groups about the journey that I've had at Champion Hills, working with seeing fit um, uh, thing as well, um, and, and kind of building that into my tennis mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: playing and fitness uh, participating population. So it, it really has really has paid me back, back in the for, for all the hard work.
0: Oh, that, that's, that is so cool to hear. Now, now tell me, um, a little bit about your, your journey. Um, so where, where are you from originally?
1: Well, I grew up here in North Carolina. Um, I, um, grew up in High Point. I, um, was a junior, you know, junior player played here in North Carolina, played USTA North Carolina, uh, and and then, um, Ended up going to High Point College here in North Carolina, now High Point University. Uh-huh. Played there for four years, uh-huh. and um, okay. very traditional, actually. And um, then I left school in my le- after my senior year to play what was then known as the American Express Tour, um, and it was just uh-huh. a series of tournaments up and down the, the East Coast and the South mostly. Uh, I think it went all the way over to Texas, but um, I did that for a couple of seasons, played a handful of tournaments, and. And, and just realized I was going to be a player, and then uh, and then went into teaching and and have been there ever since.
0: So, did you play other sports growing up as well? Yeah,
1: actually, I was a pretty good kicker and a punter. Believe it or not. Um,
0: oh no, I, I totally believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to I used
1: to practice in front of my house kicking over telephone wires, and um, wow. So yeah, I mean I I really enjoyed it. I was you know I I I was just enjoy, got, had a knack for it and, and did that. I played basketball, but, you know, of course, too short. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always been, as a tennis pro, I've always been an advocate of, of kids, especially playing a lot of different sports, and I I'm I, I was just like that. So uh, either I had a stick or a ball or something in my hand most of the time, um, uh, playing in the street or playing at the schoolyards or wherever.
0: That's, that's awesome. Is, is there a memory that uh, stands out to you, either as a player, or as a coach, or both, um, that, that just
1: is a favorite memory of yours? Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. I, I still keep in contact with some of my college um, roommates. I mean, roommates and players on our team there. Oh, cool, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I remember when I played at High Point, I played, um, I played up and down the singles line, but I played mostly number three doubles. And I played with okay. um, a buddy of mine from Maryland, who now lives down in Columbus, Georgia, by the name of Kendall Handy. And um, he and I, in the old days, the, the District 26 tournament was an open tournament where you you just had 30. I think was, I think the doubles draw was 32 teams from all the teams in the division. And mm-hmm. Kendall and I were obviously our number three team and were way down the line, and we upset three number one seeds, number one teams in the District 26 to reach the final to clinch a spot in the national championships in Kansas City. And I, and I always remember neat. that because we were, we, we were an interim death the whole way, but uh, somehow pulled it out and, and uh, as a number three team and, uh, and did really well. So we, <laughs> we always talk about that when we, we, we um, talk on the phone or, or talk online. So, um, yeah, you I mean, great know, I thought, college oh. Um you know, I was a three-time Northern California Senior Player of the Year, and um, mm-hmm. and and winning you know winning there out in a very tough area of, of Northern California, and and being ranked yeah. you know number one in Northern California for three years that that was a that was a big deal to me. Um, oh, for sure. Plus, I had come through several several fairly significant injuries on the way too, and so um, yeah, so that's that's a you know players' memories uh, are, are great. I, I'm not I don't really. I don't really rest too much on my, my player memories. I, you know, I, I think about when I spoke at the Australian Open in 2014. Um, you know, I've spoken, you know, all over the South, or really all over the country uh, about some of the, the, my journey at Champion Hills. And, 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 and um, so that's that's those are memories that I that I, I really cherish and the friends I've met along the way. And um, it's really been important to me.
0: You know, I, I think it's so important to to draw from those memories as coaches because I, I certainly don't consider myself, you know, the great player. I've I've loved coaching more than I, you know, I feel like I, I hope I'm a better coach than I ever was a player. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, I, so when you have those those memories and you say, yeah, I still talk to my college roommate, and you know, we beat these guys, and I love I love what you said. That, you know, you're 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 kind of an inch away from from losing all the time, you know, I felt, yeah. I felt like that so many times, but I think that when you take those memories, when you take that, you know, you're an inch away from losing a match or, you, and instead you, you take down a number one team and, you know, and you still, still are in touch with these people all these years later. I mean, that's the stuff that matters oh, yeah. to me. No,
1: no doubt about it. You know, no doubt about it. you
0: know, so, 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 I mean, those, those memories are so special. I mean, that, that's fantastic. So, so,
1: so. Um,
0: so, you know, a little bit different direction, but um, what would you consider your your proudest achievement?
1: Well, I, I don't think I've, I've done it yet, to be honest with you. I think becoming a master USPTA pro will be probably the, the pinnacle. Mm. Um, I'm, mm, I'm done okay. with... ...in the USPTA especially, to do it while you're... You're young. Um, I, I, I'm just up on my 10-year spot of being an elite pro. I waited a long time to do that, and I wish I hadn't. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I'm getting ready to probably the next six months or so submit my paperwork to the guys at the master committee to uh, kind of climb over that last hurdle. And, uh, you know, it's a big deal. You know, less than 1% of our membership are masters and in this day and age of, of of you know millennials and you know most bows, mm-hmm. you know they they won't stick with it that long it, it's a it's a career achievement mm-hmm. and um uh you know one to be really proud of it, t- it takes a long time to amass all the stuff that you need um but once you're there i think you sit with a very very elite elite group uh, of of individuals um. and professionals
0: Oh my goodness. I mean I mean y- yes, without a doubt. Well well certainly wishing you all the best with that. We know that your your name should be right there um with those other, you know, very, very well respected uh names of the people that have gone before you. So that that is yeah, we've got that's great, phenomenal.
1: We've got some great ones,
0: yeah. Oh my goodness. We yes, we certainly do. Um so now um were you superstitious as a player?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I was kind of one of those guys that kind of stepped over lines and um, had a certain number of times <laughs> to bounce a ball. And the way I kind uh-huh, of set up, uh-huh. now the racket is always the same way and kind of set in the same mm-hmm. place and kind of put my water in the, always in the same place. And, you know, nothing <laughs> nothing crazy like Nadal or anything, but uh, right. yeah. I, I had my moments. Um,
0: sure, sure. Now, as, as a coach, though, do you, how that transfers over into rituals, how do you coach your players, whether it's an adult or a junior, um, as far as in between points or before a serve or, you know, what what rituals do you think are important?
1: Well, I think I think um, keeping players calm. Keeping players calm is, oh, is really a, a big huge. deal. Players get all empty and they get nervous and they
2: yes. they press
1: and they make mistakes and you know, I'm a big fan of of, of Frank Giampaolo, and I, I read his books, and I, I read everything he writes. And um, you know, he really concentrates on the, the mental and emotional part of the game, and mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: very, very insightful. And you know, I, I encourage people to, to to read his books. They're they're, they're really really good. Uh, he's very methodical about the way he approaches, the way that he works with he works with college kids. He works with you know junior players. Um, and the way that he can kind of break them down mentally and, and make them self-evaluate, um, I carry a lot of that over into my, my players. And, I, you know, I work primarily with a senior group. So, I mean, that's a whole mm-hmm. new set of um, uh, mental and, and emotional factors that go into to training mm-hmm. those players mm-hmm. and teaching those players. Um, you know, I, I, I have a slide in one of the presentations I do that, that compares a seven-year-old and a seventy-year-old, and and the and the, oh, at the bottom okay. says, you know, what's the difference? In, I mean, uh, there's a whole lot of difference. You, I, I kind of approach them very similar. Mhm, mhm. Um, that is so cool. Both, um, you know, they're both in a learning mode. They're in a physical challenging mode. Um, to To train seniors, it's um uh you, you got you, it's just it's just a kind of an odd odd thing, and I think that's one of the things that that that, that folks around the country have really gravitated to. That especially mm-hmm. toast pros, they've been a lot of them have been put mm-hmm. in situations where they're they're having to oversee fitness centers and, and wellness centers mm-hmm. and fitness mm-hmm. programs, mm-hmm. and they really don't know what to do. They don't really know how to do it. Um, and so this this training and, and build, ability to be able to do this. Uh, has really paid off.
0: Well, you know, I think it also brings up an industry, uh, sorry, excuse me, an interesting point um, about sort of the state of our industry because I know that in my area, and so that's not speaking for the whole country or even the whole, you know, southern section, but in my, in, in, in our area, you know, our um, adult league players are if you look at the the general demographic, you know, it's 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 getting up there. Yeah. Um and you know, the 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 USTA has done some different things to kind of chop up the age divisions and, you know, people so you might have somebody that's uh, say fifty five years old that We'll play eighteen and over, forty and over, fifty five and over.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what our ladies uh, do.
0: You know, so yeah, yeah, you know, so so I'm curious as to your thoughts on you know, so say that the the normal maybe I hate to use that word, but I don't have a better one at the moment, but you know, so if your if your average you know league player is aging. And so this player's playing on a bunch of different teams, you know. Maybe they're going to take a lesson or some clinics, and they have their group they play with. Um, you know, what is your take on that, as far as the industry versus how how do we bring new players in?
1: Well, you know, I, I encourage our players to diversify the people they play with. I encourage our players to go out and play. Mm-hmm. in in areas around our our community to play different. Mm -hmm. Jackson Park and and some of the other Mm -hmm. areas where Mm -hmm. they have, you know, the racket club where they have a lot of players, a lot of teams, and and play with as many people as they can. And and playing with younger players um, is not a bad idea. I mean, we always looked at it when we were younger to say, okay, I'm I'm an intermediate player. If I play, you know, mostly with with better players, I'm going to naturally get better. Now, when you mm-hmm. have a, a senior trying to play with an 18-year-old, that that typically. Doesn't but I think one of the things that I've really focused on more, I think more this year than you know in past years, is the the, the motivational part of it. You know, I, I don't I don't oh. treat my players like seniors. I I would mm-hmm. you know in a, in a, you know how we train when we did our master work with the ITPA. You know, we had to set up mm-hmm. training protocols for, for players and standardized and mm-hmm. programs. Well, I do that for 60-year-olds, 65-year-olds.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I, mm-hmm. I still do mm-hmm. it the same way. They get out on the court and they do plyometric work and they do, uh, I make them run around cones and I make them jump lines and I make them skip and hop and, you know, do all the things that I would make a tour player do. Uh, right, you know, it's all right. kind of modified. I mean, I don't put anybody in the hospital, but I, I <laughs> see it them, and that makes them feel younger. That that makes them feel sure. like they're 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 working at getting better um, physically. And as they can improve physically, they'll improve their tennis games and, and their mental outlook of oh. it will get better. And so I've I've seen mm-hmm. that firsthand work. So so I know that I'm not far off the off track there. Um, it's just,
0: no, I, I, that, that is, that is such a huge truth. And, and I, I you know, I, I've seen it, um, in, in a lot of different ways, not to, not to speak ill of, of, of people that I've been around, but, but, you know, I, I think that to never underestimate anyone is, is such a big deal. So it's like, you're saying, you know, you're working with senior athletes or, for adult any adult athlete for that matter and you go oh well I'm not a junior trying to go to college anymore or whatever you know or you know you know I had a coach one time ask me as an adult when I was he didn't know that I was a tennis pro at the time which was really kind of funny but um and he was like uh you know what are you doing out here shouldn't you know don't don't you want to like be out at some junior league meeting and I just looked at him and I was like you don't know me at all yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to get better. I, th- I, feel, I feel like I can get better. I feel like I can get stronger. I feel like I can work on my agility. I can work on my quickness. You know, I said, you know, I, I can, you know, I, I hope I don't ever get to a point where I don't think I can get better to, to whatever degree that might mean at the time. But.
1: Right, right. And as a tennis pro, I, so I talked to my players, and I, I was talking to them last week, and we had a practice last Saturday. Right? And I said, you know, you guys go to the state tournament, all those those younger players, they're looking past you. They don't even see you coming, mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have no idea what, what, what they're getting ready to get into. And, and that's, I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we've really built our program around is that actually that element of surprise. I mean, they get there, and they play a bunch of 18-year-olds, and they're going, wow, these ladies can play. <laughs> and and, and the, the, it, it scares those 18-year-olds to see our ladies racing to the net, to volley. So, so they don't yep. typically see that. They think they're going to keep, up, keep them back on the baseline, just wear them down, and and that'll be the end of it. But uh, we 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 don't we don't subscribe to that. We we play straight up doubles the way that you would see it on TV.
0: Well, I I, I got to tell you, I love that because I have a story that I think you'll enjoy. I I was um I'd been playing league. Uh, adult league for a few years and and just as in my own background as a teaching pro i've seen this but i was playing with a a lady that was uh, a good bit younger than i am and um she you know just had kind of come out of playing juniors and you know, we walk out there and we're going to play doubles against some ladies and they have, you know, knee braces and elbow braces and all kinds of gear. And, and this, and she kind of looks at me and rolls her eyes and I'm like, Mm-mm, don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and those ladies, they knew where to be. They read us like a book and this, this lady again, you know, no, no disrespect to her, but she was trying to hit the cover off the ball and this and that, and these ladies were not afraid, yeah. and, and they just stepped up, and, and we got beat and, and like, n- no time flat.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, that's, and as a tennis pro, that's, that's what I try to prepare our, our players, both men and women, for. I say, you, I'm, I'm just preparing you for what's going to happen. If, you, if We kind of use mm-hmm. the same adage. You've got to do it to them before they do it to you.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's,
1: that's the kind of way we go to work each day when we, we come at it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of fun. And it's been fun, you know, watching them progress because, you know, I've got most of my players started at 2-5. When we first started doing league play up at the club many years ago, most of my players didn't even have searchable records. They, they, wow. they had no searchable okay. records. So they could go oh, in wow. and self-rate and be whatever they wanted to be. They had no yeah. records to verify anything, so we, mo- wow. you know, we mostly went into 0 line players. Some players, we players, but now we've got you know a club full of three zero three five, and so yeah, now now we've got a whole shipment of rookies coming in at the two five line to start the- a- all over again. Wow! Yeah, so it's kind of well.
0: That, that I think that's a that if you're not doing this presentation already, that that's a new presentation for you, Lane. You know, yeah. y- you know I mean, building no, that, a program. That, I mean, you build I a program see, um, off of a two-five team.
1: <laughs> we've done that. That, that. I've done that. Now it's called. Um, uh, <laughs>
0: I'm sure you. I yeah. Built, yeah. <laughs> but then,
1: yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, that because over and over again, you know, that's that's the story, and that's what what people need to pay attention to. So, um. You know, again, going back to a little bit of, of you know, your ITPA background, nope. you know, obviously all of your background, but is there is there something that you do in every practice?
1: Um, we work on, we do a drill. We do it every single practice. It's called a, a tap drill. And I will put uh-huh. five, six ladies across the net on each side. Mm-hmm. And we will just do, mm-hmm. do nothing but tap the ball back and forth. They'll just, it's just mm-hmm. a little softball. You know, we use a regular tennis ball, and we've done it with a red ball before, but we will just tap balls back and forth. And the, and the trick mm-hmm. is to have good hands, to have soft hands, to have quick hands, to be able to guide that ball back and forth. It, it, it makes them keep the racket out in front, makes them watch the ball. It makes them control the ball because it's a drill. You know, they're not trying to blast balls at each other. They're actually trying to keep the ball in play. Mm-hmm. We get murdered on balls between our players and the net. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 You know, I, I think that brings up such a good point. And they'll get a ball to... that hits the
1: top of the net, or they'll ricochet, yep. they went off their frame, and it'll it'll bounce in that space between them and the net, and they get beat there because they're not sharp on that particular shot. So every mm-hmm. single practice, mm-hmm. we spend time on it.
0: Uh, I, I, You know, I think that, 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 well, there's so many different directions that so we could go there, but I think it's such a good point. I mean, not just the point of, oh, everybody's pretty comfortable bit, from the baseline. Oh, sorry, can you still hear me?
1: Yeah, I got you
0: now. Okay. You know, I think it just brings up such a good point that, you know, everybody is, is relatively comfortable maybe from the baseline and maybe everybody's, some people are more comfortable from the net, but that transition between the baseline in the net is where a lot of errors can occur. Absolutely. And where some, uh, you know, and then where people maybe get uncomfortable. And so to practice that is, is so, so valuable, you know, and, and again, the idea of just sort of bumping the ball, because I know so many people that just have it ingrained in their mind that, Oh, I'm at the net. I need to slam it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, yeah. How how do we reprogram How do we
1: reprogram that? that They're not not real savvy doubles players. They still, Mm-hmm. I've, I've tried to instill in my players, you know, a methodology of getting. They need to get up there and put that mm-hmm. ball away. And Invariably, mm-hmm. they can do all the mm-hmm. work to get up there and then tap it back to them and let them hit it over their heads. You know, so, so it just, <laughs> the rest of my hair turned gray. And so we spend a lot of time on it.
0: Uh, no that's that's such a great drill so useful um so a little bit different direction uh we've talked about how you know we know that sort of the the adult levels um uh the demographic is is still aging a bit um what what do you think we can do to grow tennis in in the other areas or in the you know, bringing new adults or, or keeping younger kids in the game? What can we do to grow, to get, grow the game?
1: Well, two, two things come to mind right off, right off the bat. One, and I'm, you know, I'm one of those tennis pros that's, that's, that I've always had a close relationship with USTA, North Carolina, USTA in general. I, I, I overall really respect the USTA. I like the USTA um, sometimes they're kind of like that crazy brother that does crazy things and you can't <laughs> what they're going to do next. Sure, sure. <laughs> I have to honestly say, net generation, I'm on board. I think net generation yep, is, yep. is going to be really, really good. They, they okay. to, to make sure that equipment is available, um, mm-hmm. especially for, you know, public parks. And 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 and, and um, inner city kids and you know mm-hmm. special needs people. I mean, on and on and on. They they they've mm-hmm. really done an exceptional job. Um, I think with Net Generation. I think it's, I, 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 I I think it needs to be even a little bit more organized. But they have done a they have done an outstanding mm-hmm. job with Net Generation. And I'm I'm on board. I'm Net Generation certified. Um, I went through the whole protocol. I was one of the first people to do it. Um, the mm-hmm. curriculums are excellent, and, and so that I think att- att- attacking the, the youth, the young ones with that generation, certainly going to be a big big part of it. Try tennis. Wow! Yeah. Try tennis mm-hmm. is another one that I, I like, and this one's done differently in different states. But I know here in North Carolina, USCA North Carolina did a very good job in in putting together um, you know free rackets and a T-shirt and lesson programs. Um, for people at a very minimal cost again this is something that's going to appeal to the public parts uh, the public facilities um, some private clubs you, you know did it racket clubs could could get involved in it um, this is an area that's going to attract adults millennials you know it's, it's just gonna it's going to attack the next layer but um, and, and then thirdly you know and again I don't want to sound like I'm on my soapbox here but I think the USPTA has also done a a real good job of getting the message out to clubs, club managers, city facilities, um, parks and recs about hiring certified pros. That has always been Mm. kind of that that bugaboo in the trees that nobody really wanted to attack Mm -hmm. and and really work work with. But I think John and the guys at at National have done an exceptional job with the CMAA, especially to in, encourage them to hire certified pros. I know that you probably saw the articles that, that John has done in, in um, tennis industry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Some of the
1: commercials that were on the, the, the tennis channel also um, are, are, are really, really critical. Um, and I think that we're, we're taking a lot of good steps to eliminate this problem um, so that clubs will get number one certified pros. And number two, and most importantly, Qualified people teaching them and their kids. Um, the, the day of the vagabond, you know, pro out there with a bucket of balls, <laughs> claiming to be a pro, teaching lessons on a public court somewhere. I think those days are going to are going to become slim and none. Um, I
2: hope so. Eventually. So. I hope those so. Those three
1: those three yeah. major things. I think I think we're in in good position to to really attack the game and and and. <laughs> Nobody can use the excuse they don't, they don't have an, an avenue to get in, get involved.
0: Well, that, that's the truth. Now, now, especially in light of the Titleist training that you've gone through, you know, it's been sort of a, a, a long-talked-about comparison to make between what golf pros have to do versus what tennis pros have to do. And, and you just hit on the fact that, you know, club managers – are looking more for certified pros and like you said, the days of sort of the rogue pro pulling a, you know, a hopper of balls out of the back of the car, right. you know, so, so, so what, what is your take on, on that, on the direction of that, you know, do you think, you know, are club managers, you know, getting, getting more insight into, you know, hiring more qualified tennis pros or what direction is that? going? I, I
1: hope so. I, you know, we, we, I know that a lot of effort at the national board level has 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 been in in um, interacting with the CMAA about uh, tennis, tennis professionals, hiring mm-hmm. tennis professionals. Golf has been in a tailspin for the, about the last sure yeah you know yeah. Uh, I don't know five six years really really has been in, in trouble and, and golf is trying a, a lot of new things uh, to try and promote promoted sport, um, mm-hmm. but I'm afraid that, that they're still knee-deep in quicksand. And, and it seems mm-hmm. like the more they struggle, the worse it gets. Um, mm-hmm. They're having to really rely on, on other avenues of, of um, activities in clubs. You know, this is where pickleball came mm-hmm. from, and, and, and mm-hmm. so clubs are all, mm-hmm. all worked up about pickleball. We, we play actually pop <laughs> tennis at our club. So we've just introduced I that. I love pop and, tennis. And
0: we played, t- we played pop tennis. Yeah. <laughs> you and I. Yeah. And it's a great year. fun. <laughs> it, it's great fun. Oh, it's so fun.
1: And, and so we, we think that that's, that's going to be a, a good way to go. But, you know, it only works if this, the CMA people, the club managers, resumes, pay attention to education credits, um, to make sure that they're they're all that their pros are current, make sure they're certified, make sure that they're on some sort of educational path other than just, you know, teaching lessons and making money. Um,
2: right. You know,
1: right. It's, it's you know, I'm not only a, a director of tennis, but I'm also a director of wellness. I oversee all right. of my tennis facilities, I oversee all of my fitness facilities. Um, and so that's a that's a, that, I'm a I'm a general manager on my side of the club. Um, overseeing everything right. there. So that's a, that's a big responsibility and requires a lot of training and education and, 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 um, uh, you know, just, it just, a lot of experience to, to do all that. And, and I think that club pros really need to, um, be thinking in those terms. They need to be thinking in the long, long stretch instead of the, the, the short run.
0: Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I just in my conversations that I have with people in the industry, you know, I hear more and more uh, pros that are, oh, well, now I'm also in charge of the pool. And and I go, I would have not the first idea what to do <laughs> if I was in charge of the pool. <laughs> you know, that's, that's way outside the realm of teaching forehands and backhands and running a summer camp and taking kids right. to tournaments. I mean, so it's like they're so... There are so many different facets to the industry. I mean, the, the the job is uh, it's it's really pretty big. I mean, there's a lot of different angles yeah, you look at, and so you go, yeah. I mean, there's so many where different the, responsibilities. The athletic
1: director came from, you know, clubs are hiring athletic mm-hmm. directors now and directors of tennis and wellness, mm-hmm. and and so they have mm-hmm. to and know about a whole lot more than tennis. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Yeah. I mean, so so I think that that maybe you know, these, these programs that are teaching, uh, you know, like you're saying, wellness, you know, things about fitness, you know, that, that, that we just have to diversify a little bit right. to figure out how to stay, stay, stay uh, you know, in tune. Um, in light of all of that, how, how would you say your coaching style has evolved?
1: I think it's really evolved through um, a couple of different things. It's been very situational. You know, I've, I've had to evolve mm-hmm. as my players have changed. So mm-hmm. so as mm-hmm. they've gotten better or they're beginners, they've gotten older, you know, I've gotten younger ones, um, I, I've had to sort of learn on the fly how to change gears to, to mm-hmm. accommodate the different demographics. I, I think it's changed also through the educational avenues that, that I've had access to. You know, through the Internet, you know, I can I – can, I can read books. I can watch videos. I mean, I get videos sent to me from all over the world. You know, looking. at <laughs> What do you think? What do you think about this? Player? And I can, I mean, I, I, I can tell you right now, I can pick the meat off the bones of a tennis player and, and, and tell you exactly where I think the problem is. Um, mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. again, that just comes from experience and, and education and, and listening, listening to my peers, um, listening to them, because they're the experts. I'm not the only expert in the room. They they have a lot of experts around me that that know a whole heck of a lot more about this than I do. And so, you know, listening to them, seeing their takes on different things, um, that really has shaped and and molded the the way that I teach um, uh, both physically and mentally. And, of course, I'm like everybody else. I have mentors that that I grew up with, um, one I still stay in touch with. That, that are really important to me and, and and I listen to every word that they say and so mm-hmm, it' it's mm-hmm. another just another way that's that my style has evolved
0: that's awesome um you know I think just the idea of of continuing to evolve and being open-minded and listening to other people I mean all of those are just so can't be overstated Um. But on the subject of mentors, who are some other people you consider your mentors? For? Oh, I've, I've
1: got two great ones. I, I was I was fortunate enough um, as a junior to, um, you know, grow up in the triad area, High Point, Winston-Salem, Greensboro area. And Jim Layton was mm-hmm. the coach at Wake Forest. And, and he was there know. for, you know, golly, he was there for 30 years, forever it seems like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he always it was, was stood out with his... His you know white sweater, V-neck sweater, and his white pants, and <laughs> he had his pipe, and his, his white hair. He's got the hair like my father does, and, and he had his dog Molly that used to walk around behind him wherever he, he went.
2: Oh, um, he started, that's great. I remember going over
1: to the to the indoor center and, and walking around with him and watching kids and listening to what he what he had to say about them, and and I just I just learned an enormous amount from him. And then ironically, the first director of tennis position I ever got at Old Town Club. Was replacing him when he retired.
2: Wow! And So okay. that was wow. that was
1: uh, really special, and and he stayed close, and, and we, um, we we were friends, you know, right up to the to you know the day he passed away. But um, but he was a great mm-hmm. mentor, and then uh, Tom Parham, Tom Parham was the mm-hmm. at Elon. Uh, it, actually, mm-hmm. he was a coach at Atlantic Christian when I was at High Point, and okay. so I knew him there back in the '70s, and. I spent three hours with him in March just listening to him talk tennis out, out of his house on the Outer wow. Banks.
2: Mm, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I never miss an That's opportunity. So cool. and my
1: father lives out there, so every time I go see my father, it seems like I end up spending more time with, with Coach than I do with my own dad. But <laughs> uh, we have a great time, and, and he's an extremely, extremely smart guy, and he's been around tennis mm-hmm. a long time. He's been around all kinds of players, kids especially college players. Um, he's written several books. Um, just a, a real neat guy to be around and a real down-to-earth guy. And, and I, again, I never miss an opportunity to, um, to to spend time with him when I can.
0: Well, I think that, that speaks obviously to how, you know, what a big difference coaches can make oh, yeah. in in people's lives i mean you know i when i think of i have a few favorite teachers from growing up or professors from college but but ultimately you know there are people that really really helped shape my life and, th- and sure. those were ultimately my coaches oh yeah you know sure. you know they, they, i mean they were my coaches um so now you are the the president of usb PTA Southern, <laughs> and so um, can you share just a little bit of what the USPTA means to you? Well, that's been
1: a—it's been a great experience, um, you know, being involved with USPTA and USPTA Southern. Mm-hmm. I was, a, you know, I was an officer here in North Carolina for a number of years uh, before moving on mm-hmm. to the Southern Board, and then you know, came up the you know came up the ladder um, like like, mm-hmm. like it does traditionally, and you know, being able to mm-hmm. be around people like. Like Tommy Wade and and Pat Whitworth and 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 Tom
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. and
1: and uh, uh, Tom McGraw and and Jeff Halls and and on and on. I mean the list just goes Dvorak and and some of those guys. I mean just sure. those goes on and on and.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That, that, I mean that's just a, a running Hall of Fame list there and um, you know, learning <laughs> from them and and being a part of Southern um, USPTA Southern. You know at the national level. Um, I think, and I'm pretty sure that I'm I'm correct here, that, you know, the rest of the nation, there's 17 divisions in the USPTA, and I'm I'm sure that the rest of those 17 divisions really look up to the Southern Division. You know, there's always Texas, and there's always Florida, and there's always California. Mm -hmm. But our nine states Mm -hmm. carry an enormous amount of weight, and and the decisions and, and processes that we use here in the Southern Division have been copied all over the country. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. so
1: that's a, you know, that's a big responsibility and, and it's, um, uh, you you know, it's, it's, it's a prideful responsibility and, and some of the people that I, that are still involved, people like, you know, Todd Upchurch and, and Pat and Mm -hmm. Kevin Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. on and on. I mean, all of our state presidents are are all great people and, and great, um, um, experienced tennis pros, and 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 we're in we're in great hands, g- great hands here in the Southern Division, and then that carries over to the national level. I, you know, I sit on mm-hmm. I'm, I'm chairman mm-hmm. of the National Wellness and Fitness Committee for the Day. I've sat on the testers committee. Oh, that's right. That's right. University. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I I I'm I'm. It's a it's a real thrill to be you know at that national level. Then you get to hang out with the Kind of the big boys and the big girls, and and <laughs> they, I mean, they're they're a they're a, a, a smart bunch. Um, they are mm. doing some 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 really life-altering decisions at the national level um, for our tennis professionals, and and they have nothing but the, our best interest at heart. John is, it's done and Fred and all the guys in the office there, they they've just done a uh, just an unbelievable job um, bringing us along taking us to our new home in Lake Nona, managing our money, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it, it, you couldn't ask for, a, and of course, the new accreditation with the USTA, um, you couldn't ask for anything more. You, you just couldn't. I mean, it was just the uh, top flight operation, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it.
0: Uh, you, you touched on so many really great things there, but, but you know, the, the two that that kind of stand out to me are the the USDA National Campus and USPTA moved to the headquarters down there. And then the accreditation, I said that wrong. But um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what that process was like and what, what that means.
1: Uh, it's big. It, you know, it puts us in the home of American tennis. Um, you, know, <laughs> I, I, um, you know, I run into people all the time. I've got, I've got club members that have grandkids that are competitive junior players that play at lake nona
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so they wow it's becoming you know a household term now um, you know mm-hmm. you, you think about the us open you think about new york well when you think about you know competitive and and, and developmental tennis in the u.s you're thinking about lake nona now and and being right there mm-hmm. on performance drive around the corner from the visitor center um that's big time that that's 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 really big time and and um you know, I, I think that the, the facility down there will continue to grow. I, I think it will continue to be very good, and, and, um, and is now probably recognized around the world as, as our uh, developmental location in the U.S. Um, so I, I have a feeling that you'll see the, the you know, the, the, the Europeans and the South Americans, and they'll start start uh, copying our product and, and, and trying to develop something that looks similar um, two hours um, there's still a lot of infrastructure down there that needs to be built um, they've got mm-hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of players coming down there um, over the next 10 years and they got to build restaurants and hotels and, and places for everybody mm-hmm. to go but once it's, and I, I don't think it'll ever be done, uh, I think it's going to be like a, right, right. a Dallas, Texas road project I mean <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> on the last day of earth they'll have to bring out the night lights to get it finished <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really something. They're 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 doing a great job down there, and uh, uh, I congratulate them. You know, we at the national level of USPTA, we all sat in the boardroom and we kind of looked at each other when we had to make that vote to go to Lake Nona, and we said, you know what, um, this is a this is a this is a changing day right here. And of course, we had some mm-hmm. we had some some naysayers. and we had some some people that resisted it because they're old school brick and mortar sure. people um Mm -hmm. i get that Mm -hmm. i understand that completely i'm i'm probably like that myself in a lot of ways but i think once they they got a they got a a a whiff of it and they got to see it and kind of touch it and feel it um Mm -hmm. i think they're Mm -hmm. all they're all on board now and i think uh i think they're all in agreement that that the right decisions were made and um we were able to do it economically uh responsibly um legally responsibly and so um yeah, I, I think there's. I don't think we look in the rearview mirror now. I think we just keep moving forward. Uh,
0: well, I love that sentiment of just you know that that you, you 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 know the decision was obviously you know you you think about every different angle that could possibly present itself. Yeah, John and then did you that. Just go forward. That. He he looked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, he, he sweated night and day over it, and. Everything down to, mm-hmm. you know, when the lights would get turned on was 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 a big deal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he 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 scrutinized every penny, um, every process, and um, uh, and I think the end result speaks for itself.
0: Oh, I, I I absolutely agree with you, and so. Um, so, a little bit on the personal side now, are, are there good boot stores down there? Have you
1: been there? are. are fairly traditional. You know, I went to Texas. <laughs> I went to Texas. I went to Texas. And I had to, mm-hmm. I had to speak at um, uh, Horseshoe Bay. I was out at Horseshoe Bay. And, and oh, I, yeah,
2: okay.
1: So, I, I, I had a limited amount of time, so I had to fly out on a. I think I flew out on a. Saturday morning at the crack of, I mean, I was at the airport at 3.30 in the morning. I get to, Whoa. I was delayed in Austin, and, and it was still about an hour, hour and 20, 30 minutes from Horseshoe Bay from the mm-hmm. airport.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. I had a two o'clock specialty course for four hours that I had to teach. I got there about 10 minutes to <laughs> oh, <or> two. Wow.
2: <laughs> I raced
1: in, did the specialty course, had about 60 people in the room. It was great. Everything was wonderful. Um, made it out to the to the bar in the restaurant there. Bill Riddle shows up and I uh, <laughs> had a few minutes with him. and then uh, I went okay. straight to bed. I had a presentation at eleven o'clock the next morning, so before I went to bed, I checked where the nearest boot store was. and I always mm-hmm. do that wherever I go so it's it's mm-hmm. blair's mm-hmm. it's Blair's boot store, and it's in Austin. It's about twenty five minutes twenty minutes from um from Horseshoe Bay. So I got in the car, raced over there about, right where they opened, about 9.30, and uh, ended up, I think I got a belt and a hat, a uh, cowboy hat and a belt, and, uh, <laughs> and made friends with the people at Blair's, and then uh, made it back to the presentation at 11, knocked it out of the park, got back on the, the car, went to the open <laughs> back home. So, yeah, I, I, uh, there are great boot stores wherever I go. I always try to find one.
0: Oh, that is fantastic. That that is that is an awesome story. <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us, Lane. Thank you. Okay. And and just thank you for your time in general. I mean, this you has been it. such a fun I conversation, and um, you know, we're we're really looking forward to being in Atlanta in a couple of days. And is there yeah. anything uh, you wanted to say to everybody?
1: You know, well, we got a we got a great we, we got a great yeah. uh, convention coming up at at the Atlanta Athletic Club. Jeff Chanley and his crew down there always do a great job for us. Um, we've got, um, what we got, we got Gigi and we've got, um, mm. a lot of, a lot of great speakers, uh, coming, uh, uh, uh Emilio Sanchez is coming. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Bill Little will be there. Oh my God. We, we, we <laughs> that may be troublesome, but, uh, we, we've got some great speakers coming and uh, some great events and, um, it's always a fun time. We're going to play some pop tennis, I think if it doesn't rain.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yep.
1: And, um, so, yeah, I look forward to seeing everybody at the Atlanta Athletic Club this weekend. Um, don't don't miss it. I think I talked to Pat this morning, and our numbers were, were well over 100. So um, we've got a good group coming, and there's still time to get in, and uh, I hope to see everybody. If, if I haven't met you, um, come up and say hello.
0: That is awesome. Well, Lane, thank you so much, and and we'll see you soon. You got it, Jenny. Thanks.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. All
0: right. All right. All right. right, Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Bye.